Book One, Chapter Sixteen of the Mystical City of God, Volume Three, by the Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book One, Chapter Sixteen The Age of the Queen of Heaven at the Death of Saint Joseph and Some of the Privileges of Her Holy Spouse. The most fortunate of men, Saint Joseph, reached an age of sixty years and a few days, for at the age of thirty-three he espoused the Blessed Virgin, and he lived with her a little longer than twenty-seven years as her husband. When Saint Joseph died, she had completed the half of her forty-second year, for she was espoused to Saint Joseph at the age of fourteen, as stated in the first part, Book Second, Chapter Twenty-Second. The twenty-seven years of her married life completed her forty-first year, to which must be added the time from the 8th of September until the death of her blessed spouse. The Queen of Heaven still remained in the same disposition of natural perfection as in her thirty-third year, for as already stated in the thirteenth chapter of this book, she showed no signs of decline, or of more advanced age, or of weakness, but always remained in that same most perfect state of womanhood. She felt the natural sorrow due to the death of St. Joseph, for she loved him as her spouse, as a man preeminent in perfection and holiness, as her protector and benefactor. This sorrow in the most prudent lady was well ordered and most perfect, but it was far from being therefore less deep, for her love was great, yea, so much the greater, as she was well informed of the high rank he held among the saints, who are written in the book of eternal life, and in the eternal mind of the Most High. We do not lose without sorrow what we love in an ordinary manner, so much the greater will be our sorrow for losing what we love much. It is not the purpose of this history to describe at length the perfections and excellences of St. Joseph, nor have I any commission to do so, except in so far as will suffice to point out his dignity and that of our Queen, to whose merits, next to those of her divine Son, must be ascribed the gifts and graces conferred by the Almighty upon this glorious patriarch. The heavenly lady was either the instrumental or meritorious cause of the holiness of her spouse, or at least the final object or purpose of this holiness. For all the vast perfection of his virtues and graces were conferred upon St. Joseph for the purpose of making of him a worthy protector and spouse of her, whom God selected as his mother. According to this standard, and according to the love of God for his most holy mother, is to be measured the holiness of St. Joseph. And from my understanding of this matter, if there had been in the world another man more perfect and more worthy, the Lord would have chosen this other one for the spouse of his mother. Since he was chosen by God, St. Joseph was no doubt the most perfect man upon earth. Having created and destined him for such a high end, it is certain that God, in his almighty power, prepared and perfected him in proportion to the exaltedness of his end. That is, according to our way of thinking, his holiness, virtues, gifts, graces, and infused and natural habits were made to correspond by divine influence with the end for which he was selected. I perceive a certain difference in the graces given to this great patriarch, and those vouchsafed to other saints, for many saints were endowed with graces and gifts that were intended not for the increase of their own sanctity, but for the advance of the service of the Most High in other souls. They were, so to say, gifts and graces freely given and not dependent upon the holiness of the receiver. But in our blessed patriarch, 
all the divine favors were productive of personal virtue and perfection, for the mysterious purpose toward which they tended and helped along was closely connected with the holiness of his own life. The more angelic and holy he grew to be, so much the more worthy was he to be the spouse of the most holy Mary, the depository and treasure house of heavenly sacraments. He was to be a miracle of holiness as he really was. This marvelous holiness commenced with the formation of his body in the womb of his mother. In this, the providence of God himself interfered, regulating the composition of the four radical humors of his body with extreme nicety of proportion and securing for him that evenly tempered disposition which made his body a blessed earth fit for the abode of an exquisite soul and well-balanced mind. Wisdom, chapter 8, verse 19. He was sanctified in the womb of his mother seven months after his conception, and the leaven of sin was destroyed in him for the whole course of his life, never having felt any impure or disorderly movement. Although he did not receive the use of his reason, together with this first sanctification, which consisted principally in justification from original sin, yet his mother at the time felt a wonderful joy of the Holy Ghost. Without understanding entirely the mystery, she elicited great acts of virtue and believed that her son, or whomever she bore in her womb, would be wonderful in the sight of God and men. The holy child Joseph was born most beautiful and perfect of body, and caused in his parents and in his relations an extraordinary delight, something like that caused by the birth of St. John the Baptist, though the cause of it was more hidden. The Lord hastened in him the use of his reason, perfecting it in his third year, endowing it with infused science, and augmenting his soul with new graces and virtues. From that time, the child began to know God by faith, and also by natural reasoning and science, as the cause and author of all things. He eagerly listened and understood profoundly all that was taught him in regard to God and his works. At this premature age, he already practiced the highest kinds of prayer and contemplation, and eagerly engaged in the exercise of the virtues proper to his youth, so that, at the time when others come to the use of reason, at the age of seven years or more, St. Joseph was already a perfect man in the use of it and in holiness. He was of a kind disposition, loving, affable, sincere, showing inclinations not only holy but angelic, growing in virtue and perfection, and advancing toward his espousal with Most Holy Mary by an altogether irreproachable life. For the confirmation and increase of his good qualities was then added the intercession of the Blessed Lady, for as soon as she was informed that the Lord wished her to enter the married state with him, she earnestly besought the Lord to sanctify St. Joseph and inspire him with most chaste thoughts and desires in conformity with her own. The Lord listened to her prayer and permitted her to see what great effects his right hand wrought in the mind and spirit of the patriarch, St. Joseph. They were so copious that they cannot be described in human words. He infused into his soul the most perfect habits of all the virtues and gifts. He balanced anew all his faculties and filled him with grace, confirming it in an admirable manner. In the virtue and perfection of chastity, the holy spouse was elevated higher than the seraphim. For the purity which they possess without body, St. Joseph possessed in his earthly body and in mortal flesh. Never did an image of the impurities of the animal and sensible nature engage, even for one moment, 
any of his faculties. This freedom from all such imaginations and his angelic simplicity fitted him for the companionship and presence of the most pure among all creatures, and without this excellence, he would not have been worthy of so great a dignity and rare excellence. Also, in the other virtues, he was wonderfully distinguished, especially in charity, for he dwelt at the fountainhead of that living water, which flows on to the eternal life. John chapter 4 verse 14 he was in close proximity to that sphere of fire and was consumed without resistance. The best that can be said of the charity of our saint is what I have already said in the preceding chapter, namely, that his love of God was really the cause of his mortal sickness and of his death. The manner of his death was a privilege of his singular love, for his sweet sighs of love surpassed and finally put an end to those of his sickness, being far more powerful. As the objects of his love, Christ and his mother, were present with him always, and as both of them were more closely bound to him than to any of the woman born, his most pure and faithful heart was unavoidably consumed by the loving effects of such a close union. Blessed be the author of such great wonders, and blessed be the most fortunate of mortals, St. Joseph, who so worthily corresponded to their love. He deserves to be known and extolled by all the generations of men and all nations, since the Lord has wrought such things with no other man, and to none has he shown such love. The divine visions and revelations vouchsafed to St. Joseph I have particularly mentioned in the course of this history, but there were many more than can be described, and the greatest of them all was his having known the mysteries of the relation between Christ and his mother, and his having lived in their company for so many years, as the putative father of the Lord, and as the true spouse of the Queen of Heaven. But I have been informed concerning certain other privileges conferred upon St. Joseph by the Most High, on account of his great holiness, which are especially important to those who ask his intercession in a proper manner. In virtue of these special privileges, the intercession of St. Joseph is most powerful. First, for attaining the virtue of purity and overcoming the sensual inclinations of the flesh. Secondly, for procuring powerful help to escape sin and return to the friendship of God. Thirdly, for increasing the love and devotion to Most Holy Mary. Fourthly, for securing the grace of a happy death and protection against the demons in that hour. Fifthly, for inspiring the demons with terror at the mere mention of his name by his clients. Sixthly, for gaining health of body and assistance in all kinds of difficulties. Seventhly, for securing issue of children in families. These and many other favors God confers upon those who properly and with good disposition seek the intercession of the spouse of our queen, St. Joseph. I beseech all the faithful children of the church to be very devout to him, and they will experience these favors in reality, if they dispose themselves, as they should, in order to receive and merit them. Instruction which the Queen of Heaven, Most Holy Mary, gave me. My daughter, although thou hast described my spouse, St. Joseph, as the most noble among the princes and saints of the heavenly Jerusalem, Yet neither canst thou properly manifest his eminent sanctity, nor can any of the mortals know it fully before they arrive at the vision of the divinity. Then all of them will be filled with wonder and praise, as the Lord will make them capable of understanding this sacrament. On the last day, when all men shall be judged, the damned will bitterly bewail their sins, 
which prevented them from appreciating this powerful means of their salvation, and availing themselves, as they easily could have, of this intercessor to gain the friendship of the just judge. The whole human race has much undervalued the privileges and prerogatives conceded to my blessed spouse, and they know not what his intercessions with God is able to do. I assure thee, my dearest, that he is one of the greatly favored personages in the divine presence, and has immense power to stay the arms of divine vengeance. I desire that thou be very thankful to the divine condescension for vouchsafing thee as much light and knowledge regarding this mystery, and also for the favor which I am doing thee therein. From now on, during the rest of thy mortal life, see that thou advance in devotion and in hearty love toward my spouse, and that thou bless the Lord for thus having favored him with such high privileges, and for having rejoiced me so much in the knowledge of his excellences. In all thy necessities thou must avail thyself of his intercession. Thou shouldest induce many to venerate him, and see that thy own religious diminish themselves in their devotion to him. That which my spouse asks of the Lord in heaven is granted upon the earth, and on his intercession depend many and extraordinary favors for men, if they do not make themselves unworthy of receiving them. All these privileges were to be a reward for the amiable perfection of this wonderful saint, and for his great virtues. For divine clemency is favorably drawn forth by them, and looks upon St. Joseph with generous liberality, ready to shower down its marvelous mercies upon all those who avail themselves of his intercession. End of chapter 16